today uh, I'm going to deal with one of the important aspects of our Christian living that's often uh, wrongly taught or wrongly understood by Christians especially by the Bible believing Christ followers many times children of God settle down for two less than what they deserve God has a plan to prosper us but we don't allow God to do that in our lives Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 reading from NIV we know the scripture very well for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future you know God has better plans than we have God makes better plans than we do for our lives when God says it is my desire it is my plan it is my objective it is my approach to bless you and to prosper you we as children of God many times we are hesitating to receive the blessings of God even in New Testament Bible talks about abundant living abundant living or living in abundance is the plan of God but we don't want to want that to happen in our lives many times John chapter 10 verse 10 says the thief does not in fact Jesus spoke these words the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy but Jesus said can you read the rest of the part together with me Jesus said I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly you know many times we spiritualize this scripture too much and limit the abundance only to the spiritual part of our lives we limit the scripture to the spiritual matters neglecting the material blessings of God when Jesus said I have come to give you life and in abundance an abundant life that simply means that God is blessing God wants us to bless in all the aspects of our lives you know many times as Christians we settle down for the low-hanging fruits you know but if you climb the tree you know you will see the fruits that you would never you would have never seen by standing on the ground many times we think so low about us and then by doing it we lose the blessings of God God wants us to explore what he has for us in store you know when God created us in the initial words initial words that are spoken to Adam and Eve it's all the words of blessing you go and you be fruitful you multiply you take dominion you control over the other creations words of blessings you know many times we just neglect that part and this morning I pray that God may help us God may open our eyes to see the, the, the abundant blessings that God has in store for us not only that we all have our dreams God wants us to live our dreams you know there are so many obstacles we face today to live our dreams and you don't need to dream now you can dream while sleeping right and you don't need to dream now thank God that you are not dreaming now let's listen to the Word of God 
There are so many obstacles. They are on our way. They will not allow us to live our dream. More than external obstructions, the internal obstructions are more powerful. And they are many times they are unknown to us unless it is told. You know what I mean? There are so many limitations. There are so many obstructions inside of us. They will not allow us to live our dream. And we don't know them unless it is told to us. So it's worth taking some time to find out those obstacles. They are inside of us. They are not allowing us to live our dreams. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as Obstacles of Living Your Dream. Obstacles of Living Your Dream. How many of you have dream? Yes? Good. Thank God most of you have dream. I'm not talking about the dream that you saw yesterday night. That was too bad actually. So I'm talking about the dream that you have for your future. The dream that you have for your life. Living to the fullness of our potential is the plan of God. Stepping out of our comfort zone to achieve what we want to achieve in order to fulfill our dream is the plan of God. You know, being aggressive for the right reason is not wrong. Are you with me? Being aggressive for the right reason is not wrong. And God wants us to aggressively pursue our goals. God wants us to aggressively, you know, work towards fulfilling our goals, our dreams. And for that to happen, we need to know what are those obstacles that are found inside of me. In this sermon, I'm going to take, I'm going to make a lot of references. You know, I, I can't come out with all these materials. I don't want to spend too much of time because these materials are already out there. But I need to, you know, take the appropriate one and put it in the right order and trying to help you this morning. That doesn't mean that, you know, all my sermon is, entire sermon is from somebody else. It's not that. So this morning I'm going to make references and use some of the thoughts of Mike Rayburn, an American guitarist, motivational speaker, a TEDx performer, and a comedian, a songwriter, and an entrepreneur who lives in Las Vegas. Some of his thoughts will, will run through my sermon this morning. You know, many of us, we have great ideas. Many times, you know, we come out with uh, different ideas of a product or, you know, a service that could help. Sometimes we may be driving or sometimes we may be visiting families and visiting friends. And during that time, or maybe, you know, sometime when you go to bed, or when you, you know, do your exercise, or sometime when you rise up from the bed, you will get an idea, or you will okay, if there is a product, in, you know, in this type, or there is a service if somebody could provide in this fashion, probably that may be beneficial. You just think about it and just you leave it, and two years later, when you go out for shopping, you find something in the shelf, that product resembles exactly the same product that you thought about two years before. Or when you see the TV commercial, you see that already there is a company that is producing that product that you thought about it. And or you, when you browse the internet, you will find a service that somebody is providing that came to your mind a long time ago. So someone got the same idea as you got the same idea. But that person turned that idea into a product. That person turned that idea into a service. And you know what? Today he is making a lot of money. 
He is running a very profitable business. And you realize that it was a good idea, but you haven't done anything about that idea, but he did. That's the difference. We both got the same idea, but we just buried that idea. We didn't do anything about it, but somebody took it further and the idea is converted into a product or a service. We as Christians do this many times and reach nowhere in our lives. You know, God wants us to explore what he has for us. Many of us hide our talents and our dreams. You remember the servant who received one talent? And he hid the talent without doing anything with that talent that was given by the master. Many times we are blessed with so many ideas, so many talents and so many gifts, but we don't do anything with that. There are many reasons why we do that, why we behave that way. We see so many obstacles within us that will not allow us to live to our dream. That will not allow us to live our dream. So we are going to deal with five obstacles that we face every, every day and that don't allow us to live our dreams. You know, this sermon is important for us. As I'm going to expose the struggles that you have inside of you, the struggles that you have been dealing with every day, knowingly or unknowingly. Stephen Pressfield, it's an American author and a historical fiction and nonfiction writer and a screenplay writer. Born in Port of, Port of Spain, Trinidad, he was not a Christian writer. You can skip this line. He was not a Christian writer, but he believes in God. He says, listen to me. He says, I wrote for 27 long years before I got my first novel published. How many years he wrote? 27 years he wrote before he got his novel published. And talking about Stephen, Stephen Pressfield. He says, I taught school, I drew tractor trailers, he says, I worked in advertisement companies and I worked as a screenwriter for Hollywood, I worked on offshore oil rigs, I picked fruit as a migrant worker and he says, for one season, I lived in this house, it had no power, no water, no doors, no windows. The rent was only $15 a month. And all during this time, I was writing. I was writing. Pressfield identifies a negative force that keeps us from doing what we want to do. And he calls that as resistance. Can you say that with me? Resistance. The number one obstacle of living our dream is resistance. Pressfield in his book, The, the War of Art, in his book, he says, and this is what exactly he says, you can read that with me. Resistance is not the most toxic force. Sorry, resistance is the more toxic force on the planet. It is the root of more unhappiness than poverty, disease, and many dysfunction. To yield to resistance deforms our spirit. It stuns us and makes us less than we are and we were born to be. And he says, if you believe in God, and I do, you must declare resistance evil, for it prevents us from achieving the life God intended when we endowed each of us 
with our own unique genius. He refers to gifts and talents. You know, God blessed us with our own unique gifts and talents and resistance is something within inside of us that will not allow us to live our dream. And also he says, there is an enemy. The next slide. There is an enemy. And he says, you are that enemy. Resistance. It self-sabotages. It procrastinates. It fears and it, and it, it reflects as arrogance and self-doubt. And he says, this resistance is so much is inside of us. No one inflicts us with this resistance from outside. You bring it with you when you are born. And this resistance kills you. That's what he says. And he continues to say, if you don't believe me, he says, look around at the friends and families who have talent and ambitions in space. And he says, but they drink, they dope, they abuse themselves and their loved ones. They waste their lives because they can't get out of their own way and do the work they were put on this planet to do. And he says, trust me, you will never, never achieve your dreams until you learn to recognize, confront, and overcome that voice that you hear inside of you known as resistance. He talks so much about, his, about resistance in his book. And he says, resistance has one mission in life. And what is that man, one mission? That is to keep everyone exactly the same as they are. No change. No willingness to change. We resist change. We don't want to change. We keep ourselves. We continue to keep ourselves just as we are. That's not the plan of God. And he says, if you have a dream of an idea that you never acted upon, go and do it. If you are a painter who never painted anything, you are supposed to paint. If you are a musician you never played, you need to start playing. If you are an entrepreneur, never started a business, you need to start doing it. And he says, if you are a worship leader, I mean, this is, I say this, if you are a worship leader, you never led worship, you need to start leading worship. If you are called to pray, but you never, you start praying, you need to start praying. If you are a preacher, called to preach, but you never preach, you need to start preaching. But you know, when we don't do it, we know the resistance that is seen inside of us. It is an inner voice. And he says, resistance wants a world full of sluggards. People who don't do anything. Most of the time, in different areas of our life, our Christian life, Christians or true believers are unable to come up because we wrongly understood following Christ is a dull, is a boring, is a procedural, it is a routine, or it's a supernatural, or it's a dogmatic, or a charismatic, rule-following, unfit to live in this earth, but fit only to live in the heaven, strangers and pilgrims on the face of this earth, and we don't do anything. We lose all the blessings that God has given to us. When God has plans to prosper us, when Jesus came down to give life in abundance, God doesn't want us to resist. God wants us to be available to do what he wants us to do in our lives. You know, God is unable to help to live our dreams because we have so much of resistance inside of us. You know, this morning, 
I don't know why I prepared this sermon, but I believe that as you listen, as people continue to listen, there are entrepreneurs, there are spiritual leaders, there are political leaders, there are doctors, and there are scientists, there are CEOs, and there are directors. You know, there are, they are sitting here, and they are listening, and they will continue to listen wherever you are listening from. But the more we resist, the more we struggle with the resistance, the more we struggle with our inability to change, God cannot do anything. And this morning I believe that God is speaking to us. In Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 22, we read an incident. You remember a young man who came to Lord Jesus Christ. A ruler came to, can you get the scripture on the screen? Remember the young ruler who came to Jesus Christ and he asked, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And a very meaningful question comes out of a heart that desires to live eternally. And Jesus said, follow the commandments. Simple answer. And he said, all these things I have been following since my early age, since my youth. Then Jesus said, one thing that you lack and this is what exactly he said, go your way, next slide, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. This is what exactly Jesus told him. And there was so much of resistance inside of him when he heard that. And Bible says, he went away sorrowfully he was sad at this word and he went away sorrowful for he had great treasures, great possessions. There was a desire to follow God, but there was a strong resistance from inside of not doing it. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. There is a strong desire to do many things, but there is a strong resistance inside of us. The moment I speak to some of you, I see the resistance coming and attacking me, punching me, because you don't want to change. When I speak to you many different things, you are not willing to change. You know, many times we hear the word of God, but you want to continue to live the way you used to learn, live. And you know, God cannot do anything. You know, Christians are not performing well in the, in the global arena. The reason is... We limit ourselves too much to the spiritual things and we forget the fact that God wants us to live on the face of this earth, otherwise why he created us. We are not willing to change. Many times we knew that God wants us to change, but we still resist to change. There are two actions that I could think of this morning and I want you to act upon this. I don't want, you know, just want to listen to those sermons and, you know, get goosebumps and get out of the way. I want you to act upon these sermons, otherwise it's a waste of time. Number one, there are two actions we can think about. Identify one resistance in your life. As I speak, maybe you can note it down or send a text to somebody. You know, just do it. Or I'll help you with you know, giving these questions over and over again. Identify one resistance in your life that's not allowing you to live your dream. Identify one area where you are willing to change, where you are willing to Change number two obstacle, fear of failure. Many times we are afraid of failure. We are afraid to change. We are afraid to take steps because we are so afraid. What if I fail? What if I fail? This morning I'll help you. 
we keep saying the scripture very well for God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and love and sound mind second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 and we are so afraid of taking any initiative in our lives that means there is something wrong either the scripture is wrong or our, our understanding is wrong or the, our application is wrong there is something wrong there is no doubt that many of us are so afraid of taking initiatives I'm not starting and talking about something big but I'm talking about something which is very small inside of your house we are so afraid of failure fear of failure will not allow us to live our dreams as God's children we should trust God you know because we know many scriptures God's word says in Psalm 128 verse 2 reading from NIV you will eat can you read that with me you will eat the fruit of your labor blessings and prosperity will be yours that's the word of God you will eat the fruit of your labor blessing and prosperity will be yours if you put the scripture in context it says I trust God and I don't care about failures because I believe this word of God and I will start doing something will, will help me to fulfill my dream when I was about to resign my full-time job and to come to ministry I was taking the counsel of one of the senior pastors in the city and he said to me these words exactly never be afraid to take the decision of quitting your job to come to full-time ministry never be afraid of failure if God has called you he will take care of you if not you can always go back but never be afraid of failure never be afraid you know failure being afraid of failure will not help us to start anything in our lives I want to quote some of the few some of the, some of the main the major examples from the secular world that will make us to think because we are Christ followers children of God when we look at the secular world you know how much force and how much with how much effort and with how much expectation people are advancing and moving forward and we as children of God we need to know about these things let's talk a little bit about in sports Michael Jordan who doesn't need an introduction who is a former American basketball player who led Chicago Bulls to uh, six NBA tournaments sorry championships who won also the most valuable award five times I'm talking about Michael Jordan and this is what he said in in in, in, in this was part of the Nike advertisement exactly this is what he said he said I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career I have lost almost 300 games 26 times I have been trusted to take the game-winning shot and I missed I have failed over and over and over again in my life that is why I succeed that is why I succeed you know there is a success but in order to gain that success there are so many steps where we fail before we reach there we are talking about one of the obstacles of living our dream is known as fear of failure in the business world Elon Musk a South American South African uh, born and successful American entrepreneur and businessman the founder of PayPal the founder of Tesla SpaceX solar city hyperloop and open AI 
and Neuralink. He's a very successful businessman. He has a common policy across all his organization. You know what that policy is? Can you get that on the screen? Fail fast, fail often, fail forward. Fail fast, the sooner you make your mistakes, the sooner you can correct yourself. Do not worry about failures. That's what he says. Fail often, more failures means more opportunity to learn. Fail forward, you should be willing to take risk and learn as you go forward, as you are willing and venturing into your future. Willing to take, be willing to take more risks. And when you fail, you will continue to learn. Fail fast, fail often, and fail forward. One of the software development methodology known as Agile that says, when it comes to development and testing, do not delay the surprise. Test the software when even it is a little bit of code that you develop, test it right there so that you, know, you get an opportunity to identify those failures so early. You don't need to delay the surprise because when you identify the defect at the later stage, it involves so much of cost to fix it. We as children of God, must be never afraid of failures to live our dream. Never be afraid to start something that God is putting in your mind. I don't know this morning what God is speaking to you. God will make you successful. The one action that you can have here is identify one initiative that you wanted to take, but you never took because of the fear of failure. Number three obstacle, fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. Many times we don't try different things in our lives because we are afraid of rejection. As we want to be successful in our lives, listen to me, it's important. We get rejected the more. The more we get rejected, the more success we will be. It may be hard to understand, but follow with me. If people are rejecting you, you are on the right track. A child of God who is pressing on God, who is progressing both spiritually as well as materially is in the right track, but you may be rejected by many people. Your very rejection tells you that you are in the game already. It tells you that people are paying attention to you. That's the reason they react in this way. You cannot be afraid of rejection. I want to quote the example of Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was rejected. Everybody, everybody, by, by many people, in many places. If he was afraid of rejection, how he could have accomplished what he is still accomplishing in our lives. Isaiah says in Isaiah 53 verse 3, he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. He was rejected by people. In Acts chapter 4 verse 11, Peter refers to the scriptures and he says, This is the stone which was rejected by you builders. Jesus was a best example that he was rejected by many but instead he was not afraid of rejection at all. Jesus was rejected in his own country when he entered there. When he was trying to minister to the people of Nazareth, you know, he was rejected by people there. They mocked at him. You know what they said? 
They knew that you know he is successful. They knew that he is he is on his mission. But this is what they exactly said. We read that in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. Can you read that with me? Is this not the carpenter's son? Oh, we know this Jesus. Is he is he not son of carpenter? Is not his mother called Mary? They were saying this in a mocking tone. And his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And his sisters, are they not all with us? Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things that what he is saying and what he is doing? Jesus was rejected. And this morning God is telling us, we should not be afraid of rejection by people. Our rejection doesn't really harm us. But what is important is, are we, are we surrendered with, surrounded with that fear of rejection in our lives? I quote something from my life just to, you know, just to give you a little bit idea that it's practical. I remember in those days when we wanted to move to the United States and visa rejection was a main issue, you know, nobody, I'm talking about 15 years before, 15, 16 years before. And my visa got rejected a couple of times. And we were in a very crucial moment because I resigned my job, working in the industries for 22 years, because we wanted to come to the United States. And we applied for visa. And we were so afraid that if the visa gets rejected, I lost my job already. And where do we go? We, are, we were just literally on the streets. We sold everything and we were ready to come. But we didn't have visa at that time. So we were so afraid. Literally, we were so afraid. First time I got rejected. And all three of us were standing before the visa officer with a very rude tone. You know, the officer handled our interview. And finally, he stamped the passport as rejected. We became so upset. We were just looking at each other. And Dan was nine years old. When he heard that, you know, uh, the visa is rejected. He looked at both of our face and teardrops rolling out of his cheeks because visa is rejected. He was just looking at both of our faces and we were looking at each other. We don't know what to do, where to go. Rejection threatens us to the core, to the extreme level. Fear of rejection does not allow us to do anything in our lives, but God wants us to come out of the fear of rejection in our lives. Fear of rejection cannot stop your effort from achieving what you want to achieve in your life. It's an action here before we go to the next point. Identify one step that you wanted to take, but you are not taking that because you are afraid that people may reject you. Obstacle number four, fear of success. Fear of success. You know, we all know that we can succeed in our lives, but we are afraid of how we are going to handle success. We are afraid of the consequences of being successful. Listen to me. Fear of getting exposed to the society. Fear of bringing changes we need in our lives, the disciplines that we need in our lives and in our family to lead and to achieve something. There may be a change in our lifestyle that may be needed. We are afraid of thinking about it. Fear of influencing people in a large scale. Fear of competition. When I become successful, 
I mean, how do we handle competition? How do we handle my opposition? People who, are oppo- people who oppose me fear that you may gain more enemies during the process of being successful. You know, this morning I'm talking to you. I'm talking to what you have been going through in your life. You know, we sabotage our success because we are afraid of success. Christians are unquestionably, you know, more prone to this fear than other people. Christian teachings often, you know, they fail to balance the biblical perspective on the evil of having desires of the flesh and fulfilling the desires of the flesh, you know, including the need of self-denial and everything with the positive role of motivating ourselves and accomplishing many things in our lives. The result is there are success-phobic people in the Christian world. Many Christians are convinced, listen to me, that God doesn't wish them to enjoy significant success on the face of this earth. They are so convinced inside of them. Nobody can change them. Many Christians are convinced that they ought to live ordinary. Many believers are convinced that becoming a businessman, a political leader, or a public figure is not for me. It's not for us. Maybe it is sinful. How can I, being a child of God, become a political leader? It's a sinful thing to do. Many Christians are convinced with this fact, even though it's not a fact. Many Christians believe that if I'm in social media, if they Google my name, you know, they come to know everything about me. You know, there are many eyes watching me. So let me hide my talents. Let me not do anything about it. Many believers, many Christians are into this. You know, these are not true. These are not true. When God has give, came down to give us life in abundance, and if we restrict, if we put so many fences around us, how can we flourish? How can we come up in our life and in our career? This is the reason, reason many Christians are still living in poverty. This is the re- reason you know, nations are ruled by unrighteous people. You know, scripture says when the righteous is in authority, people rejoice. But when the wicked in authority, people groan. The reason why, you know, many Christians, many believers are not there in the political arena. Think about cities like Toronto. Who is running for election there? You know about it. Why we don't see Christian leaders there? You know, we are hiding our talents. We are hiding our abilities under the spiritual covering, saying that, you know, this is probably God doesn't want me to do. This is the same reason why huge corporations are owned by non-Christians. Fear of success must leave from the people of God. Psalm 1-3. You know, these scriptures are so alive in this context. They are so valid in this context. Bible says, the righteous, the righteous shall be like, can you read that with me? Shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruits in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. If you stand in the election, you will win. I'm not talking about something non-biblical. It's biblical. God wants us to come up in our lives. God wants always, doesn't want us to always look down. God wants us to look up and move forward in our lives. Peter was so afraid to try to make another attempt to catch the fish. Do you remember that? 
Jesus asked him to launch so deep. The call of God came to Peter, and Peter was so afraid of success, he did not want to do it. He said, Excuses, Lord. We toiled the whole night, nothing worked. Psalm 118, verses 6 and 7. If the Lord is on my side, listen to this, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Verse 7, the Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Psalmist is, psalmist is you know, singing this psalm very powerfully, very truthfully. He's saying that if the Lord is my side, why shall be afraid of anything? Just want to read this quote. Quote of Marianne Deborah Williamson. He's an, she's an American author and spiritual leader, a politician and an activist. And this is what she says. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be, a, to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You are playing small does not serve the world. She's saying you need to come up in your life. Don't try to play small. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you and she continues to say we are all meant to shine as children do we were born to make manifest the glory of god that is within us it's not just in some of us it is in everyone equally and as we let our own light shine we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear our presence automatically liberates others you know, there are people in your life. I want to talk about this a little bit before we close. There are people in your life who feel insecure when you succeed. There are people in your life who feel insecure when you succeed. They are known as toxic people. Toxic person in your life is the one who is emotionally very close to you. And who he or she is threatened by your success. If you have a toxic person in your life, you can never live up to your dream that you want to live. Toxic people cannot tolerate others' success, those who are emotionally related. Do not live under toxic people, do not live under toxic relationship. You know, some of our family relationships are toxic. One partner does not want the other partner to come up in her life, in his life. There are two ways to deal with toxic relationship. Number one, they have to change. They have to change or they must go. They have to change or they must go and it has to happen now. You know, there are people in your life, they do not believe your success, they would not appreciate your success. But they are so afraid that you may succeed in your life. And those people are so much attached to you emotionally, maybe your friend, maybe your partner, or maybe somebody in your life. 
This morning I believe that God may help us to identify those individuals in our lives. They are not, they are always suppressors. They won't allow us to come up in our lives. We are talking about fear of success. What is that we need to start? And I believe God may do something in our lives this morning. Do we need to start a business? Do you need to start a new study, new stream that you want to start venture into? Do you want to start a restaurant, a school, a clinic? What do we need to start? What do we need to do to come up in our lives, come up in our career? Let's not allow the fear of resistance. Let's not allow the fear to change our fear of failure, our fear of rejection, our fear of success to come in our lives and to suppress us down. Couple of actions. What is the wrong notion that you have concerning becoming successful? And resistant. Oh, sorry, I'm raising above the normal. Who is the toxic person in your life who hates you being successful? What is that you want to start towards your success but haven't started? Finally, number five obstacle is laziness. Laziness. Lazy person does not have a dream. Even if he or she has a dream, they will not live to fulfill that dream. This morning, with confidence, I'm able to say, some of you have become lazy after knowing Christ. Some of you have become lazy after started growing spiritually. You may be thinking, Lord, what am I missing? I'm doing everything. Why I don't see blessings in my life? Let's listen to what God says. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. Proverbs Chapter 6, go to the end, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which have no captain, overseer or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard, when you will rise from your sleep, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler. Prowler is the one who moves in silence to commit a crime. He's a prowler. And you need, you are need like an armed man. I mean, this scripture is very much applicable to many of us. Right? Sunday morning, we all pray over the scripture. We believe the scripture for Sunday morning. How long? We will fold our hands and sleep. Little more sleep, little more slumber. It's only 8 o'clock. When we need to be there at the church? 9.55. So little more sleep. This is the only day we get to sleep. The rest of the days, you know, we need to get up at 7 o'clock. And God is saying, oh, sluggard. You know, many Christians keep singing this, this song. They sing, this world is not my Come on, this world is not my home, right? And they don't do anything because, because this world is not my home. They don't do anything according to the talents that God has given to them. They keep saying that God has called me to be separated from the world, to be holy, not to corrupt ourselves, with the things of the world and with the people of the world. This world is not my 
home. We sing that very, very boldly. They are lazy people. They are lazy people. They are cheaters. They cheat themselves. Remember the one servant who was given a talent? Never used the talent. But only he knew how to praise God, how to worship God. We see people, many of them today in the churches, they are lazy people. He got a talent, he got a gift, but he did not do anything with that. But he was praising God and worshiping God. He was worshiping in such a way that, you know, he was trying to please God by worshiping him, but telling him one of the great attributes of God, you are a God who is able to reap where not sown. You are a God who is able to gather where not scattered. You are such a mighty God. Why should I do anything on the face of this earth? Remember, neither this world nor heaven will be your home if you are lazy. Neither this world nor heaven will be your home if you are lazy. Remember what Jesus told to that servant who was lazy in work, in life, but only praising God and not doing anything else. Matthew 25, 26 to 30. Can you read that together? Matthew 25, 26. You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have re received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. Not only that. Verse 29, for to everyone who has more will be given and he who have abundance but for him who does not have even what he has will be taken away verse 30 and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth you know we think that with our christian mindset we know people will go to hell if they don't have jesus in their lives but jesus already said people will also go to hell if they are lazy if they don't do anything with the talents that God has given, people will still go to hell. Laziness affects us. It affects our ability. It affects our health. It affects our personality. It affects our parents. It puts a wrong example. It sets a wrong example in front of our children. And we become useless by God. And we cannot do anything. Our devotion, our worship, our praise, everything is counted waste. And you cannot finally go to heaven. God wants us to come out of our laziness. The action can be, what is that one thing that you are not doing because of your laziness? Because you are not willing to start. This morning God has spoken to us. Shall we all stand for a time of prayer? This is important. This is something that we need to learn as children of God. There are five obstacles that we talked about. And these are the five obstacles and the actions that probably we can take. If you can get the next screen. Obstacle number one, we talked about resistance. Pray to God as we go through this list that God may open your eyes. God may help you to identify those areas and change. I need to change. All of us need to change. It doesn't matter how mature we are in Christ, still we need a lot of changes. You know, as we age, the ability to change becomes lesser and lesser and lesser. 
but still we need to change until we die we need to change we need to bring change in our lives every day obstacle number one resistance identify one resistance in your life that's not allowing you to live your dream identify one area that you where you are willing to change obstacle two fear of failure identify one area where we are afraid to take initiative because you are so afraid of failure fear of rejection identify one step that you wanted to take but you have not taken because you are afraid that people may reject you fear of success what is the wrong notion that you have about success living a successful life living a life in abundance living a life that god has planned for you who is the toxic person in your life who is afraid of your success what is that you wanted to start towards success in your life the next move finally we talked about laziness what is that one thing that we wanted to do but we are not doing it because of our laziness and that god may help us to start shall we close our eyes this morning as we pray